0: Welcome back to another episode of All Things Red. On today's show, I have Nick Cavarella, also known as Seven One Six Nick. My guy, how are we doing? What up? Appreciate you having me on, bro. Of course, I wanted to get you on. Uh, it's just you're so damn busy these days, so I had to schedule this in advance. But uh, um, so you're a creative, right? You do um, photography, videography um you are part of justition you also do stuff with buffalo as af buffalo as fuck um and then you work with a couple bills and sabers players doing stuff for them so you know kind of like getting right into it like how'd you get started in um in all that and then how did you like get to the point where you're working (laughs) with bill sabers players you got your own thing and then you recently were just doing stuff with barstool too
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, everything's kind of happened for me pretty naturally and organically. Um, like none of this, none of the things that I've been doing up, up until this point have been really kind of planned or, or anything. I wasn't expecting to do a lot of the things I've been doing now. Um, but to kind of backtrack and give you a little bit more of an inside scoop as to kind of how I got to where I am today. Um, I grew up playing hockey, um, throughout in, in buffalo new york here played travel hockey um then i ended up playing few, a couple of years of junior hockey um in different parts of the east coast and then um i ended up going to the university at buffalo and graduating from there um but to kind of backtrack um throughout my hockey career um and throughout my, my childhood uh, i was given a cam my first camcorder when i was like 12 or 13 years old um and i started just making videos with uh just with like friends, family members, like recording family parties, doing little stunts around the neighborhood with friends. Uh, I also used to skateboard and actually still skate to this day, but I used to skate quite a bit. Um, so I'd make like skate videos with friends around my neighborhood. Um, and I was also playing hockey at the time. So um, as I got older, um, going, like going into high school and, and getting into like my sophomore, junior and senior year, Um, I kind of got away from using my camera because I was focusing more on hockey and I wanted to just take that seriously and take that to another level and, you know, maybe try and play pro someday or play in college. Like that was kind of like my dream. Um, Obviously, that didn't happen, Uh, but uh, I kind of put the camera down for for quite some time. Um, And uh, after I got done playing junior hockey, I um, ended up going to UB. And that's kind of where I picked it up again, um, and that's also where I partnered with uh, Justition. Uh, that's the uh, brand we were just talking about before. Um, and for those who um, who are listening and don't know what Justition is, uh, we are a hockey streetwear brand based out of Buffalo, New York. Um, we do we do a lot of different um, things in terms of just. Um, Around like the fashion industry, we're kind of slowly migrating into more of a fashion designer as a whole. But it kind of started out as like a, a hockey brand. Um, but I partnered with with them. I partnered with Maddie Keeler and Ben McDuffie, both great guys. Um, throughout my time at UB, and um, ended up picking up the camera again. And um, I wanted to kind of find a role for myself within Justition that I thought I could just i just wanted to bring just another element to the brand um and that was through video content um so i again picked up the camera again and started making videos of different pop-ups we were having i was vlogging um for almost a year straight with the brand too um so i kind of found my um I just kind of found my passion again for for doing for making videos and taking photos and stuff like that through justition um, and it actually turned into me doing this as like a full-time career, which is something I never really thought I would have been doing, but, um, it's, it was kind of pretty cool the way I, I kind of got back into it. Um, uh, but that's kind of where we're at right now. And I've been fortunate enough to work and, and, um, work with a lot of, uh, bills players and uh, a couple Sabres players, as well as, um, do have different experiences. Like you, like you mentioned, going to Barstool uh, a few months back, that was pretty crazy. Um, I wasn't expecting to do that. Um, But yeah, it's, I mean, I've been very blessed and fortunate to do a lot of cool things that I don't think a lot of people my age are able to do. And um, I'm very thankful for the opportunities that have been, have been given to me. And um, you know, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in today if it weren't for me going to pick up or pick up that camera again. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And um, yeah, that's kind of like a little bit of a background. There's more to it, but um, that's a little brief background, I would say.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy how it comes full circle. Like you got it and then the camcorder when you were younger, you did a little stuff with it. You put it down and then like tying hockey into it. So it's like kind of crazy how it comes full circle for you. And it's like something you actually like love to do. Now, um, when you were going to UB, were what did you major in? Did you major in anything like that? So when I
1: first got to UB, I was originally a, um, a business major and I ended up failing out of the school of management, which honestly was like pretty embarrassing because my first year at UB, I was playing on the hockey team and We had a sick year I we I think we lost like our first like four games in the beginning of the season and then we ended up going undefeated and winning our league and going and moving on to nationals and like like that was just such a fun time for me uh like playing hockey especially I mean even though like UB was club we still got treated like we were a, a D3 team or even a D1 team I mean we had you know just a good coaching staff. We were coached by, uh, Grant Ledger, who, uh, former Buffalo Sabre legend, uh, absolute legend, great coach, just great human to, to be around. And, uh, we had good leadership there too, but, um, I was playing for them and, you know, obviously like going to UB, it's such a big school. There's, you know, a lot of like the party scene's pretty big. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, I was either, um, on weekends, I was, if I wasn't working, I was with the team doing stuff or on the road with them. Um, so my grades started to slip a little bit. Um, I ended up failing accounting, which sucked at the time. And um, <laughs> so did I, <laughs> <laughs> oh dude, it was brutal. But, um, so yeah, I, I fell out of the school of management and then my, my second year, um, tryouts come around and, you know, obviously I had my spot on the team, but my coach called me into his room one day and he was like, dude you know you're ineligible and I was like what and he's like yeah like you can't play this semester because you failed this class and you weren't considered a full-time student because you resigned from this class and I'm like fuck me like this sucks like I'm like we just won a championship like we're probably going to have another sick year this year and I finally kind of like you know figured my way out around UB a little bit and Um, ended up, uh, my coach was like, you can either, you know, stay, stay, stay around and practice and hopefully, you know, be able to play next semester. Or, I mean, you kind of choose what you want to do here. So uh, I had to make a really tough decision. And that decision was to um, just not, you know, just stick with school. I ended up switching my major to communications and fell in love with that. Um, It was definitely, I remember having to tell my teammates that I wasn't going to be playing that year. And it was, that was probably one of the hardest things I had to do just in my hockey career, especially after winning a championship with that team. Like it was not an easy thing for me mentally to do, but um, you know, I think in the grand scheme of things, I think it taught me um, to not really take anything for granted, but not just that, but to um, just kind of be more aware of like what, what's going on and everything that I'm doing. And Um, I think it was a chance for me to, I had kind of had to take a step back and figure out, okay, you know, why am I here? What do I want to do? How do I, like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? And how am I going to get there? And it starts with, you know, getting my grades up, um, being involved in in different things at the school. And, um, I ended up, I ended up switching to communications, like I had said, um, I had picked up my, cam- my camera again and started doing stuff. Um, I was obviously, you know, doing stuff with the brand too, um, a-, a lot throughout my time at UB and um, just kind of focused on, on just Dishon and focused on uh, school and-, and making videos. That was kind of it after I pretty much failed out of the school of management that year. And um, I think it was a blessing in disguise because I got to really perfect my craft as a videographer and photographer um, as well as, uh, helping my team at Justician build a, build the brand up to what it is. Um, it, that's, um, it's kinda, it's kinda how, uh, how I fell back into it. And yeah, that's, that's kinda, that's kinda how that went. I'm trying to think what else. Oh yeah. My, so when I first switched to communications too, I went on a trip to New York city with the UB DECA program and, um, I got, I went on this like case competition. I was on, I was the only, um, student that was not a business major that was in this club. And I was kind of like, looked at like, why are you here? You're a comm major. Like, what do, why are you interested in this? But, um, I was really just interested in it because if for people who don't know what DACA is, they base DACA basically helps like student entrepreneurs who, um, want to pursue like entrepreneurship or, or want to start a business like after school. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was like mentorship and that and stuff. And believe, uh, believe it or not, I was actually fortunate enough when I was on that trip, I took I got to visit VaynerMedia. Um, and that's a story for another day. But I got into uh, <laughs> it. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, um, Gary Vaynerchuk owns VaynerMedia. He's a big entrepreneur, um, works with like a lot of uh, different celebrities, a lot of different brands and um it's just he's kind of known for being a a motivational speaker but that's not really what he is um Mm -hmm. but he has he's a man of many hats and um i think for me like that new york city trip alone like really i i would say it was a big turning point in my life for me for sure um it opened my eyes to a lot of different things and it showed me the possibilities are just like endless
0: now you know there was a couple things you said in there that I want to touch on prior to. So like when you um when you originally failed out and or not I don't want to say failed out but once you became ineligible to play hockey is and you ultimately didn't you know you didn't play hockey after that was that did you put that pressure on yourself to try to figure it out or were like your parents like hey Nick like you really got to get your shit together or like how did that go about and the only reason I ask that is because. Um, with uh, J Cole's off season that's coming out tonight, he had that like little mini documentary, and like the first two min- minutes, Twenty One Savage asked him, he's like, "Why is it called the offseason? He gave him some like super long answer of why, but he was essentially saying that like he was he wanted to pursue something, but he was more focused on like the partying and stuff like that, um, and he almost quit music. And he said that his friends were the ones that kind of like were like, "Yo, like you say you want to do all this, but you're not actually doing it." And then he said that uh, it kind of sobered him up. And he said from that point forward, he just went all in on music and was just like, you know, I don't want to look back and, you know, realize I didn't make it because I was I was fucking around and I wasn't putting in the work. So, like, was that kind of like your thought process or (laughs) was that not or like how did you even like start to get more serious with what you were doing?
1: I I think I I think I was serious with what I was doing even before all that happened, like me failing out and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think it was just, I was just trying to do so much and it just like, wasn't like working. And I think that was just, you know, Oh, I can think that was, um, I guess God's way of telling, like, telling me like, you know, you're doing too much. You need to slow down or you need to just focus on a few things right now. And obviously Mm -hmm. one of those things was school and, and really trying to build up this brand with, with my friends. And, um, I, to answer your question, I think, it was more, I think it, I put more, I don't think it was pressure from like friends and family. I think I put that pressure on myself and, mm-hmm. you know, I had to just look myself in the mirror and say, like, I never want to have to experience something like that again. Like I, I don't want to, like, I didn't want to just wa- walk away from my team and then end up dropping out of school or um, just, you know, going to get some like normal job or, Um, just, like, not doing anything with my life, I wanted, I'm like, it kind of motivated me in a way to, like, you know, let's get our shit together, but, like, let's get our shit together and do it at another fucking level. Like, Mm -hmm. let's take it up, like, three, four notches and see see where it goes. And that's what I did. And, I mean, I, I... There was a lot of things, like, during my last, like, three years of college that I really sacrificed to to do what... To be able to do all the things I'm doing now. And I feel like that if... I wasn't doing a lot of the stuff that I was doing in college. I probably would be two, three years behind of what I'm doing right now. And it's been a lot of work just for myself, for, for Matt, for Ben and Hopfer and uh, my buddy Derek, who helps out with the brand to for us to get to the point that we're at right now with justition. But um, again, like I, I, there was a lot of things I had to sacrifice. I didn't really, after, you know, those next three years, I didn't really live like the, the, the normal college life of, you know, going out to parties and uh, and just like chilling with your friends. I mean, every I was working like every every weekend from uh, from that point on, I was working at a hotel at the time. So I go to school like Monday Wednesday or Monday through Friday um, and I would be working on justition, you know, in the like in the mix of all of that. And then on Fridays, I'd be at school. I'd leave school. I'd go right downtown to the hotel I was working at. Um, I'd work there till like maybe 12 o'clock at night. And then some nights I'd be over, I'd be going over to Rec Room on Chippewa Street, helping my buddy Adam, who is actually my business partner with our studio space. Um, mm-hmm. Now um, I'd be going to Rec Room and basically helping him uh, film their content there for free just because I wanted more experience with the camera. But in other um and other uh like i guess like scenes i just wanted just overall like more experience like and um i did that for like the next three years of my college career so i was you know going to school monday through friday and then i would go to the hotel get there about three o'clock be there till midnight and then i go right to rec room until two three in the morning get up the next day edit something for just and then go right back to work again work that same shift do it all over again and then Sunday I, I would also work, um, like a, like a three to uh, three to 12 and then do it all and do it all over again. And like, it, it sucked. Like I, there was, I, there was a lot of things that happened to like throughout that time. Like I had to, it sucked. Like I, I there were certain people that like, kind of had to get caught out of my life, which was not easy, but, um, you know, I had to do what I had to do to, to get to this point. And, um, You know, there's certain I think that there's certain sacrifices that you have to make that are tough in the short term, but long term, if they're gonna benefit you, then I think you should then you should definitely do that.
0: Absolutely. And um, you know, you were saying that you had to like cut cut some people out. Like, um, was that just due to like them not supporting you or what like was it outside of that?
1: Um, I think like a little i would say on, on support i think there wasn't like there wasn't support in some areas that i needed at that time mm-hmm. um and you know uh, like throughout my time at college i mean I, I was taking some shit from friends just saying just kind of like joking around about justition and um not they weren't like i wouldn't say they were like making fun of me or anything but like kind like of anything yeah yeah like they didn't really like get what I was doing and and now I I feel like I have a lot of friends and stuff that I had in the past that are like just starting to reach back out to me after you know four five six years and and all of a sudden they're like yo like what's up and I'm just like man I haven't heard from you in so long like why am I just hearing from you now is it because of like what you're (laughs) like what you're seeing like but i mean i don't i don't ever want i don't want to think that way i don't want to think that someone's just like coming around because they see some sort of success with the brand or like our studio or Mm -hmm. anything like that um but I, i think like there's again like there were certain people i had to cut out of my life to get to the next level and like that was tough but um i think doing that really uh really helped me but to answer your question again it, i think i just there was support that I needed and I wasn't getting it from certain people. And I think that once I cut those people out, it helped me only get like, get better. And I, like, I noticed like a huge difference just in my schoolwork in my work, I was doing for justition, like in my video stuff. Like I felt like I was just getting more out of the things I was putting all my energy into after I cut those people out of my life. And again, like it's not easy doing that. If, if anybody's been there and done that, like, again, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, but it's crazy what happens when you cut out that negativity and the people that don't support you, what could, what could happen?
0: Oh, without a doubt. Now, like you working with Justition, like how did that get started? Like, I know you said it was like with, uh, you know, a couple of buddies, but like, how did you even get, get approached to get involved with it? Or like, how did that all start?
1: Yeah. So, um, the brand actually started out as a Twitter account. It used to be called Just Dangle Hockey and Mm -hmm. Matt Keeler and Ben Modafri. Uh, started that that's megan's old roommate uh-huh. <laughs> um, but they they started the company it started out as a twitter account and uh, i was playing junior hockey at the time that they started it and they followed me on twitter and started favoriting my tweets back when that was a thing and now it's liking the tweets uh, but they were favoring my tweets uh and then they followed me on instagram they were you know engaging with my content and i thought that was just so dope that you know, like they're liking my picture of me playing juniors here and doing this and that, and um, I just thought that was like really cool. So I stayed following the brand, and uh, the brand switched over to Justition for it was when it was just it switched to Justition. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I still stayed following it because I thought it was dope. And I remember being in my billet house when I was playing in uh, in which or I was playing in Hudson, New Hampshire. And uh, I remember just sitting in my billet house one day and I get a Facebook friend request from Matt Keeler. I'm like, Matt Keeler. I just like went on the profile and looked. I'm like, and I see just Dishon on his, uh, on like his work, on like his work about or whatever. Um, and I saw like, it was like, there was a picture of his header and it said just on it. So I'm like, Hmm, I'll accept it. But like, what, what's with this kid? So then he follows me on Instagram and then starts liking my pictures, and I'm like, Yo, what, what's what's this kid's deal? Like, I saw like as time, as time went on, um, Matt ended up mo- moving to Buffalo. He's actually he's not even from here. He's from Albion, New York, but he moved to Buffalo and started promoting more things just around the city, like promoting the Sabers. And I noticed that through the account, and I just like reached out to him one day because I was helping. I was actually helping Brandon out at one up with, uh, with his social media content. And I just reached out to Matt and I was like, yo, do you own just Dishin? And he was like, yeah, what's up. And I was like, dude, I'm, I just said, like, if can I call you quick, I just have a quick question about, um, some, like, a, a some social media marketing. I, uh, I started doing something for this gym that I work out, uh, work out at. And uh, he was like, yeah, sure. So we, I talked to him for probably like an hour on the phone and. He was like, yo, we're doing our first pop-up shop um, over at Fresh, Freshly Dipped on Allen Street in the city. You should come by it next week for it. And I was like, I got a game that day, so, like, I don't know. I mean, how, what time are you going to be there till?" And he's like, yeah, we'll probably be there till about 6. I'm like, damn, dude, like, my game's at 3 o'clock. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it at by 6. But I ended up making it, surprisingly, which was crazy. I rushed, I remember rushing out of my uh, – out of my game. And I went down there and met him and Ben in person. And, um, we talked for like an hour, just about like vision and stuff like that. And about the brand and a couple of weeks went by and Matt and I stayed in contact. And, um, we ended up meeting up for like coffee or and lunch and stuff like that. And just be, started becoming more and more of like a regular thing. And, we were just like, we're discussing like vision of like the brand. And finally I was just like, dude, can I just like help you with this? Like, can I like somehow be involved in this? And uh, from there, it just, we just started going hard at it. And um, it's crazy to see like where we started to like where it is now. Like it was a totally different thing four years ago than it is today. And that's kind of how I got involved with the brand.
0: And then uh, you do that full time, right? Working yep. with them.
1: Yeah, Yeah. So we. Yeah. We're all. Well, Matt and I are full time. Ben has uh, uh, still works full time. Um, and then Hopfer, he's pretty much with us full time. Uh, Derek as well. He does. Uh, he helps me out with uh, with any raw footage I need for like video content. And then how did,
0: did then from all the like content that you were creating for Justition and stuff, is that kind of how like you branded into 716 Nick cause you were doing so many things that you kind of wanted to get your own brand while you're helping out these other brands or how did 716 Nick come about?
1: Yeah. I mean, 716 Nick really just started out as me. Just, which is like my Instagram name was just 716 Nick. Like I, there was no plan on, me like branding videos and stuff like that through Seven One Six Nick, or even me like making it its own like media company. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of like happened, and um, I just would put like Seven One Six Nick like at the end of like certain videos, and that's just kind of how it started. And um, it definitely, it definitely helped with like Justish, definitely helped with that. Um, but there was like a lot of other things that helped with it too. Um, obviously, working with you know just different brands and. I did a lot of stuff with UB athletics actually. And that was like the, 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 those were like the real, like, I'd say like real people who like actually put on seven, one, six neck. Like I did my first like actual, uh, football highlight video for Ladarius Mack and he's Cleo Mack's younger brother. We were actually pretty tight when we both, we both went to UB together and we were good friends Mm -hmm. throughout my time there. And, um, Ladarius damn near put on 716 Nick for sports content. Like he put me on the map when it, when it came to like my sports stuff. So like after I made that video for him, like everything just kind of snowballed from there. Like I made his senior year highlight tape and ended up, I ended up getting a bunch of inquiries about doing others and um, started making money that way on top of uh, like working my job. And it just, again, it all just kind of snowballed from there after Ladarius put me on.
0: And then after that, like, obviously, like, you've done stuff with uh, Dion Dawkins and a couple of the Sabres players. Like, how did that
1: come about? Yeah, that same, I mean, same thing. Like, it just, it, everything just kind of snowballed. Um, working with Dion, we had, I had met Deion uh, a few years before actually, like, doing stuff for him and for his brand. Um, so, like, we kind of had a little bit of a relationship. Like, we, we were kind of, I'd say, like, acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Um and then we linked up last summer and, uh, I mean, he saw a lot of the stuff we were doing with just Dition. Um, he's, he saw that he saw like, um, he saw like a pair of shorts that we came out with and he wanted to do those for his own snow brand. So my partner, Matt, uh, designed a bunch of stuff for, uh, Dion's, uh, his clothing line called snow gear. And, um, now we're pretty much helping Dion run his, uh, his entire operation for for snow gear so it's been that that's how that's kind of how it snowballed from there and um I think last like last season I was linking up with Dion almost after every home game taking photos for him because he's real big on his fit pics uh-huh. so I used so I don't like, I'd always like go to his house and link up with him and we'd take a couple flicks for him and um so yeah that's I mean everything again, like like I said in the beginning of the podcast here, everything's kinda happened so naturally and organically for me. And yeah. like you know, I it's not like I read like we reached out to Dion, it just kinda happened naturally for us. Um mm-hmm. or like working with Rasmus Dalin, like he's he's another guy that I I can talk a little bit about. Um, before or no, this like when Rasmus got drafted, his younger brother started following the started following us on the justician account, and then he followed um Matt and I. And um, I don't know, like, I don't know if we reached out to him, I think he reached out to us because he saw a hat that we came out with. But uh, Rasmus's brother was tapped in pretty early on, and then randomly, uh, during quarantine, Rasmus reached out to Matt on Instagram and was like, Hey, do you know any sneaker plugs in Buffalo? and us you know being who we are and like being the hype piece of hockey <laughs> that we are of course we know of course we know a sneaker plug in buffalo and mm-hmm. um, so he uh, we ended up telling him you know go check out the cellar our buddy owns that we've done pop-ups there and stuff he's they're they're good people over there so um, a couple weeks went by and rasmus was like hey can you guys do some photos and like video stuff for me and we were like yeah like just let us know when you want to meet up and i think the first time we actually met up with him in person we took him to seneca one and like that's obviously you know like that's like the tallest building in the city of buffalo bro we took him up to the roof and got like we're doing like a photo shoot with him up there and he's like looking over the edge we're like dude rash you better be careful bro like uh, don't don't be falling on us don't fall off the edge here but um it was pretty crazy like just to i mean for that just to happen so naturally and I mean, if you told me three years ago, we were going to be taking Rasmus to like the tallest building in the city of Buffalo and doing a photo shoot with him, I'd tell you like, dude, you're nuts. But exactly. Um, but that was pretty cool. And, um, and then we ended up linking up with him again. And then I ended up doing a video for him before the season started. And that was really cool. And um, I ended up introducing, not like introducing them in person, but um, I don't know if you if you listen to like Conway the Machine or anything like that mm-hmm. on Spotify, yep. but if you if if you look at Conway's uh, profile picture on Spotify, he's wearing a Darlene jersey. So I used um, one of Conway's songs in Rasmus's video, and then Rasmus posted the video, and somehow Conway got a hold of it, um, and then I got a I got hit up by Conway's manager and then next and then he pretty much asked me if they could if he could use the video if i could send it to him i was like yeah sure um and conway is like one of my favorite rappers so like that was pretty dope and then next thing i know i look at my phone and i got tagged on a in a video it says who is conway just tagged you in a post i'm like what so i like checked it out and it was the video i made for rasmus and i was like damn that's that was just like i couldn't even believe it i had to like put my phone down for a second and just like kind of gather it i'm like this is crazy. Like this, I didn't, it's not like I asked or like expected any of that. It just, again, happened naturally. It was crazy.
0: And then you had that, uh, you ended up having that photo shoot with um, Conway, right? I mean, I got to listen to his new album. I haven't listened to his new album yet, but you ended up, he ended up, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it after we get done with this, I'm gonna whip up some food and then probably uh, go for a walk and listen to it and some shit like that. But you were telling me at the gym that he ended up coming down to the studio because what like actually I'll have you tell it. What was the story you were telling me about how their management reached out to you and was like, Hey, and then he ended up coming down to the studio, kicking it with you guys, doing some creating some content for his album and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so um i i have just i mean the the videographer the videographers and and the photographers around here like it's it's a pretty small uh community of creatives around here um Mm -hmm. so once you really get in like once you really get into that industry like you start to you know know names and stuff like that and your work gets spread around pretty quick um but i had so it wasn't conway's manager that reached out to me about the studio it was actually conway's creative director that reached out to me and he said like, Hey, I need a studio space in Buffalo by tomorrow. The place that we were at is just small. They won't let us smoke in here and all this other stuff. Like we just, you know, we're not comfortable there. We want to go someplace where we know we're going to be comfortable. And like, we've seen your work before. We've seen the studio on Instagram. And, um, you know, we, we just, we really just need a, a studio space to, to get photos and some video content of Conway drum work um Jay skis was in there love the genius shots he's another guy that um conway is that's on that is under conway's label but um he's like yeah i just i need i we just need a studio for a couple hours so um conway's entire uh label came through like i said Jay skis uh love the genius shots um and then conway obviously was there and it was just so like it was just dope that he was just there and he's like a really down to earth dude and um we got to talking and he didn't even know that i had made that video edit we just like got to talking and uh he was like asking me like what kind of content i make and stuff and i was like oh, i do mainly sports content and, like me and my buddies have this brand called Justition, and uh he was like wait did you, that was you that made the rat that video of rasmus and i was like yeah he goes that shit was Liar. i'm like hey. i was like thanks bro so like at from from that point on like when he found out that like i was the one who made that edit i mean we just like i think every like just that conversation like really just everything kind of like like got like super chill and it was like we've known it like we had known each other for years but Conway's he's a dope dude like if if, if you get a chance to meet him he's he, he's 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 a funny dude for sure
0: that's hilarious fucking um yeah because when you were telling me about it i could see like how like excited you were and i was just thinking to myself like because i saw i saw like kevin durant lebron james like i heard i've seen a lot of people on instagram like repost his new album so like you know having that opportunity just have him to come down to your studio you know shoot some content with him chop it up with him and stuff it's got to be pretty crazy
1: yeah and like it's crazy because I mean, I like I listen to a lot of Conway, but for me, I think where I can get down with him, and I like the what I enjoy most about him is just his story and his come up. I mean, dude, to be signed by both Shady Records and Rock Nation, you got like that's just a whole another level of like, no, literally, like, dude, he. I mean, that man is in a room with a guy like, well, not with a guy, with Jay Z and someone like Eminem who've been at the top, like in their game. And, mm-hmm. and like, if you listen to his music, like, it's like some of his music is some like grimy, hard shit, but like, I don't know. I, the, the story behind him is just, is something that really inspires me. And I think that's what I enjoy most about Conway. Like, the music is one thing, but like, the story is just like a whole other beast that just, inspired me from the time i found out about him so it was pretty cool to like find like meet him and and be able to work with him and now like i have his number and shit like i can text him if i if i feel like it and not that i would like just hit him up and be like yo you want to chill but like he knows that if he needs anything like he's got my number and he can hit me up so that's that's pretty cool to to know
0: Yeah, that's fucking awesome. I mean, it's gotta make you feel like your work and like your grind is like starting to pay off in like some shape and form. Like that you're working with like these people. Obviously you're not working with them on the regular, but like for these type of people that are like you said, hanging out with like Jay Z, Shine the Shady Records, Rock Nation and the network that in and of itself is for someone from that, from, you know, that network to hit you up or not even hit you up, but like, if he told you in person being like, yo, I fuck with your shit like that, that has to be like a huge, like, fuck. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, I still got to put in that work and just continue to get better every day. I mean, I didn't, Mm -hmm. it was definitely a special moment for me, but I think that it was something I didn't want to get super high on because at the end of the day, like, I still got to be putting in work every day to, to, to come out with, you know, with better content and, and better concepts and stuff like that. So I I think like just being able to have a conversation with him and be in the same room with him was just like motivating Mm -hmm. in itself for just to, to be around and, and just to, to experience as a whole. But I mean, again, that's still, it's still just because, you know, we were with each other chopping it up and he thinks my shit's dope. Like, you know, I can't get too high on that. Like there's got, I gotta be um, just, I don't know for me, like, I just want to, continue to get better every day at my craft and, and, um, and just perfect that as a whole.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You can never get too high, get too low. Now, does it like for me personally, like if that, if I was you and that happened to me, I would, that would be cool and all, but it would make me want to go harder. If that makes sense. Was that kind of like something, was that kind of like something that like you're doing now is like in the way it's like, okay, like obviously you're not going to say it, but, like, you obviously think your shit's dope because you're not going to be like, okay, I'm going to put something out there that sucks. So, but the, mis- the like, misconception is it's like, okay, is it really cool or am I just kidding myself? And sometimes you don't really know because you're not getting that consistent feedback or you're getting feedback from people that know you or either, like, want to collab with you so you don't know how, like you know, genuine it is in terms of like it being like that good. But then for someone like of Conway status or like I said, his network to be like, yo, your shit's tough. Um, it had to have made you be like, oh, fuck yeah, we're on the right track. We need to go harder
1: now. Yeah, that's exactly. I was actually just about to say that. Like, I think just that experience alone, like really made me say like, like think to myself, I want this shit to happen on more of a regular basis and in order for that to happen, I need to go five times harder than what, like, than what I've been doing now. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not just like, it's not one of those things where it's like, Oh, I got to work from sun up to sun down. It's like, I mean, I'm a big firm believer in work smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes I, you know, I find myself ended up doing both like working almost too hard and, I'm kind of wearing myself out. But like, again, like that, going back to to your question. Yeah, I think that, again, that experience just motivated me to want to do more and to keep and to keep getting better at my craft so that I can be in more situations and have more experiences like that.
0: Of course. And what do you, can you explain a little bit more on like why you believe work smarter, not harder? Because I feel as though like, especially like with our generation, we kind of get like a bad rep because I feel as though like a lot of like millennials that are in the space of whether it's business, content creation or doing anything that's like creative, creative in and of itself. Like we naturally are like, yeah, we'll time out because like I feel like a lot of us, like when we look back to school, we go, OK, we were fed a lot of bullshit. Um, you know, everything we were being raised on and told isn't necessarily how the world's working today. So we kind of have like, whether it's out of spite or whatever it is, we're kind of like, well, what's the purpose behind this before we go waste our time with it in a way. So I feel as though, like you know, talking with certain people or even talking with my family, there's like that notion that like millennials are lazy, whereas like someone like Gary Vee, he says all the time that like he thinks millennials are the hardest working people because of that reason like they're they're not just going to waste their time. They want to know that they're going to try to, you know, work smart so that they could put the best product out there in the least amount of time. But there's that disconnect of like, okay, you want instant gratification, you're being lazy versus like, no, we're actually just trying to figure out the best way possible so we'll be more efficient with our content and more efficient with building what we're building. So like what is your thought on that?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, for me, it's, it's more of like when we talk, like when I say like work smarter, not harder, I think it's, you know, allotting certain time for certain things. Like I spend a lot of time editing video and photo content. Like when I say a lot, I mean, bro, like there's some weeks I'm spending 40 hours alone in Premiere pro, which is my editing software alone. Like Mm -hmm. that doesn't include, uh, phone calls, meetings, um, answering emails like that's just straight editing right there and um like that that's like that's a lot of hours just to be editing alone like any creator will will, will tell you that and i'm sure a lot of creators are are used to that grind and it's something that i'm used to and i really enjoy but um i think that uh when i talk about again working smarter not not harder i think like there's certain points in the day where I'll start, I used to not do this, but now I've started doing it is where, you know, I'll take a break from editing and maybe I'll switch it up and I'll like during my break, maybe I'll go for a walk or I'll go to the gym or, um, or I'll maybe check emails or um, usually on Mondays, we usually have our, our meetings at, at our studio. So um, like, that's another thing too. Uh, we always have our meetings there. And that's right now it's really the only time that, we do have our meetings and we just discuss what's going to go on for the entire week. Um, So I think just putting like making time for things that matter. And just, I think that's, that's the way to do it is to, you know, put time on your calendar. Like if you have to have a meeting or if you have to check emails, you know, maybe put an hour in on your calendar, say, I'm going to check my email at, you know, from 12, to I'm going to, I'm going to check and answer emails from 12 to two today. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like, that's it. And then I'm going to edit the rest, like the rest of the rest of my day. Um, So I think like, that's like, that's one area that for me, that that's worked for me again, is just that work smarter, not harder type deal is just setting time aside to take care of health, take care of your wealth and, and, and things of that nature. So,
0: um, you know, kind of going back to the start of all this, Where did you come up with the initial idea of like, I know you said you picked up the cam corner, you started to build momentum with like doing little side things. Like when did you initially have that first idea of like, okay, this is what I want to do and I'm going to create a business behind it. Or if anything, I'm going to be a freelancer and just be a content creator. Like I'm sure like when that thought first happened, you probably looked around and were like, okay, like obviously there's content creators but like there's not really that many in buffalo or to the scale that i'm looking at and it's probably initially met with like either the self-doubt or the you know you get friends that are like they don't they're not like shitting on you but they're very like oh nick thinks he's gonna do this out of just pure misunderstanding you and then obviously family and stuff like that so like when you initially were getting started how did you like you know kind of like weave through all that you know personal self-doubt you may have had and then on top of it like you know the outside noise
1: yeah i think like a lot of my friends and family my family especially w- was very supportive of just a lot of the decision- decisions i was making i was mm-hmm. actually let go from my job which pretty much forced me to go all in on like the video content um mm-hmm and I was let go from my job. My last semester at UB, I was just putting in, you know, a lot of time. I was requesting a lot of time off. Like I, like the, like the brand was getting busier. I was already doing video stuff on the side. So like I was already kind of making some money there, but um, like getting let go from that job, like just kind of forced me to do all that. And um, my family was my number one supporter in that movement. Um, they, I couldn't have asked for, I mean, they, I'm truly blessed to to have them on my side and in my corner, but um, I don't know. I I feel like just over time and like over like certain projects that I've put out, I think a lot of friends and family saw that and like, they supported it every time. And like this, I mean, this year especially has been such a big year for not, not for just like, not just for just but for like the 716 Nick brand alone. I mean, we we got i think we've done three tv commercials now um locally and then on top of doing all of the like the stuff with 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 rasmus and, and dion and um even doing stuff with with aj at buffalo af i mean that's just a whole a whole another story but <laughs> um but uh, i mean there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like things and stuff that like i edit that i don't really promote and uh like obviously like one of those things is working with aj and stuff on, on his brand but um yeah i don't i mean i don't know Get, remind me remind me of the question again because now i feel no like i was little, just a little off topic so,
0: yeah no so like kind of i'll just say from like my perspective like i know just from you know when you don't take that traditional route and you don't go the route of like a nine to five or you you're you're trying to do something that like you know you weren't heard about in school or something like that like a, it's met with a lot of like all right, how are you actually going to do that? And for most people, it's like they're not hating on you. It's just they don't. They, it scares them to think that they like if they had to do it. How, where where would they come up with the money to do it, or how would they make it profitable and, and all that? Yeah. So so you know that that outside noise could kind of you know blur the vision you have and the belief that you have. So you know because I had a buddy uh, Cody Cody Miles. He's the, he's the kid that uh, hit me up about you that i was telling you about when we were working on. he he does uh he has his own little like creative uh creative brand called exit 44 and he does a lot with like Merciers because he's still going to school there like kickball tournaments and just like content creation podcasts like a bunch of stuff and i know you know we've had conversations and he says that like he believes in what he's doing it's going to take some time to like get it off the ground and all that but he just says that like it's tough because when he tells people like oh this is what i'm doing or not they're always just like okay well that's not a real job and I'm sure like that has been something that like you've been told a couple times maybe yeah it's just oh, yeah. like so and so it's just like okay it, so how do you obviously you know keep that confidence rolling of like okay I'm gonna make this something um versus like do you let that fear drive you because obviously there's a fear that a you know, fear of like it not working out obviously
1: yeah. Like when I got let go from my job, I mean, I had no choice, but to like make it work. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that was, was, it was a big, uh, was a big driver for me was just, you have no choice. Now you have nothing but time to make this work. So mm-hmm. let's figure out, let, you know, let's figure out the business side. Let's figure out what we have to do to get clients. Let's figure out um, how we can maintain those clients after we get those clients. So um I mean, like I I had friends and stuff that at first like didn't really understand it. But, you know, I was doing a lot of things to get to the to the point that even 716 Nick is at today. Like while I was in school and while I was working that job at the hotel, I was buying and selling things on Facebook Marketplace. I was collecting bottles and just like taking that money using that like i would go to like friends houses and like collect beer cans like it sounds so desperate but like that's what i was doing because i was just on a mission to get camera equipment get better camera equipment like for the longest time i was filming on a gopro and then i think i bought a, a sony 5100 and then i and then i i like used that for a little while until i was ready to, until i was comfortable enough with it to make a jump to a better a bigger better camera And like, I remember I was again, buying and buying and selling things on Facebook marketplace and then collecting those cans and bottles to help pay for this camera. So I wasn't this way, I wasn't taking money from my hotel job and I wasn't taking money that I needed for like bills and food. I was taking money that I was just like doing another side hustle with, and I was going to invest it into something that I wanted to do long-term. So, um, I I remember like my like roommates and stuff would make fun of me for, it for like Gra- like grabbing bottles around the apartment and stuff in college, but like, I mean, it they literally paid for my camera. It's almost like it paid for my camera and really helped me like get this thing going full go. And you know, I've had friends in the past who are in this who have told me just in that they're. I've had friends who are in this industry who have put themselves in a hole buying camera equipment and like that's I saw that and I'm just like I don't want to do that. Like I have, you know. I have an apartment to pay for. I have, um, you know, I got to put, I got to feed myself. I have bills to pay. Like I don't want to be taking money from that. Like I'd rather just hustle for it and forget I even made any of that money and just buy a camera and get, and get equipment with it. So like, that's what I did. And again, like I was getting, my friends would rag on me for it, but those same friends that were ragging on me, like still friends with them to this day, no hard feelings at all. But um, like some of those friends, and, and people just like that first struggle to get jobs out of college. And for me, like I didn't I wasn't I didn't have to really struggle to find something because I was already doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. How how I mean, we've we've talked about this a little when we were working out and stuff like that. But like how big from the time that you started to where you are now, obviously you look back and it's just an accumulation of you taking a chance and betting on yourself how, how important do you, and I'm strictly talking for people that don't think the nine to five route is for them. I'm not talking about people that do work in nine to fives, but for people that have that idea of like, okay, a nine to five is just not for me. Like I have an idea. I want to start a business, anything like that. How, what, like, what is your advice to just like bet on yourself and take the risk. Cause I do it with myself all the time. And I, I think people are crazy not to do it. Cause it's just like, you're kind of wasting time by not doing it in a way, but at the same time, like coming from your perspective, like, what is your advice to be like, just, just go fucking do it.
1: I think one thing, and I know that my mentor and business partner at the studio would say the same thing. Cause this is what he told me when I told him that I wanted to go all in and just like leave my job. He was like, don't do anything like that until you're financially ready. And I didn't really understand that until I actually did it. And then now I'm looking at my checking and savings account and I'm like, fuck, this is going to dip if I don't try and go, go get some work. So I think one thing is, you know, if you are in that nine to five, if you are taking that nine to five route and want to get out of that, um, either get up early in the morning and work on that one thing you want to do or after work, after hours, like go home and start, just start doing things. And maybe, you know, if you're, if you're say you're, I don't know, maybe stash away like 50, you know, 50 bucks a week from your check or something like that. And just kind of maybe put it in a savings and say like, this is going to be for when I decide to leave my job and, and go all in on that, my passion and what I want to do for the rest of my life or what I want to do. Or if, you know, if I want to invest in that business that that I keep talking about starting or whatever the case may be, but, I think like, it's definitely important to really look at your financial situation and make sure that you are ready to take that next step. Cause if you're not, then, you know, you still like, cause when you're full time on like entrepreneur and business owner, like if you don't work that week or if you aren't it like if you aren't make, try, like making a sale or whatever it is that you do to, to make money for not yourself and your business, like. You're not going to, you're not going to be like, their bills aren't going to get paid. They're not going to pay themselves. You know, mm-hmm. they're not, you, you know, no one's going to put food on the table or, or pay your bills, but you, so it's all, it, everything falls on you. And I think like for me personally, like I've, I mean, I, I, I was raised to find multiple sources of income. Like I had three jobs as a 13 year old. Like that's mm-hmm. not, It's not a normal 13 year old's life. Like I was refing hockey, working in a hockey shop and mowing lawns at the age of 13. So I had three sources of income right there. So I was just used to having that. And like, and now I think it, it was good for me to like learn that at such a young age because now I'm doing that for myself as an adult. So um,
0: absolutely. And uh, one thing I wanted to bring up with you, I know obviously like, um, I, I think like sports is
1: like the biggest metaphor for life personally facts. just because I, I what are you saying no I just said facts like I, I couldn't agree more with that oh
0: okay yeah and it's kind of like how I mean like me and you like I see you from time to time at the gym and it's just like obviously you and me aren't training for something specific but like for me it's like working out in the gym is like a almost in a way like a mental test like it's the hardest thing I'm going to do all day and so Tying that into like sports being a metaphor, like there's so many lessons in sports that um, tra- I think translate to the real world. Like, um, like the whole thing with like participation trophies, it's like, yeah, you could get a second place trophy, but it's just like the real world don't work like that. The real world's like simply like you come out on top or like you don't get any credit. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so like, what is, what is your, you know, you being, you doing what you're doing, taking the entre- entrepreneurial type route you know, being a freelancer, being a content creator, obviously it's like, it starts and ends with you. It's all on your shoulders. So like how, in your opinion, what do you think about, like, I heard Kobe Bryant once say that like, if you know what, like, don't look at what he did, look at how he did it. And he talks about how um, if you can take the process of becoming excellent in a sport, or at least knowing what excellence looks like, you know, like getting up in the morning, getting extra shots up, staying late, getting an extra lift in or just like doing these little extra things. And they add up over time. How much similar do you find it to being, being this almost like the process of getting good and building something with what you're doing? Obviously you're not watching film, hitting the weight room, doing all that shit for business, but like there's different things you could be doing that kind of like emulate what that
1: process would be like, if that makes sense. Yeah. I I feel like the mentality of, of it. Right. I mean, you know, you talk like you talk about players, you know, go like basketball player, you know, going to the gym, shooting hoops every day and and stuff like that to get better. I think like for me, like, because hockey was a was and still is a big part of my life. I think hockey really just taught me how to hold myself accountable, especially. um, I mean, I like there were I have played I was fortunate enough to be captain of, of a few different teams that I've played on over the years. And like, even like that, like that leadership alone, like really taught me to hold myself and my teammates accountable for, um, for their actions, both on and off the ice. And I think that was a good thing for me to experience because now I feel like I can do the same with our team at Justition or like anything we're doing at the studio, like that all kind of ties in together. It might not be, you know, the, the same process, like, you know, we're going to the gym in the morning, Then we're to go practice, like, obviously like it's a little bit different in like in business and, and um, in a career, but it's, it, it's, it is kind of similar in a way because, you know, we still got to get up in the morning. We still got to go to our morning meeting at, at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning or whatever that may be. Um, there's still work that needs to get done. The morale still needs to be high. Um, guys need to be positive positive um, and like your, your team and your, and your coworkers and like everybody, there's gotta be, everybody's got to be positive. And, and if, and if the morale's down, you know, that's going to affect the business and how you guys operate. And i like, same, like that's how it is in, in any, in sports too. You know, you got a, a guy who's, you know, a cancer in the dressing room and not just for the boys or, you know, just, just doesn't want to like be around the team or is always negative. That's going to bring the entire team down. Like same thing goes for business. I think that, um, I mean, my, my buddy Hopper and I talk about this all the time. Um, he also does a lot of stuff for us with, with addition brand. And um, we talk a lot about how, you know, if, if, if it weren't for hockey, like hockey helped us just so much on the mentality side of things, like nothing should phase us. Um, and hockey being the sport that it is like same, like lacrosse too, like lacrosse is such a, a physically demanding sport. Um, you know, you have to work hard and you have to show up every day or else someone else is going to take your spot and play in your position. So, um, you know I think that all kind of translates to the career and you know if we don't show up and, and work hard every day someone else is going to um, mm-hmm. and someone's gonna gonna beat us to what we're trying to do so um,
0: and for people that may not know like what is your day-to-day look like like I mean obviously don't go you don't need to go into specifics of like, what you do at every hour but like you know what like do you get up and go to the gym first thing in the morning like what do you like do you have any morning rituals like because obviously you're working some nights till like super late at night and then getting right back up tomorrow the next day and going right at it again
1: yeah so i mean i try and um oh my my airpods might die here in a second um i don't know if you can cut that out or not uh but I've been trying to take my, uh, my health a lot more seriously, especially because I do spend so much time at my computer editing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I try and, uh, get up early in the morning and, and get, get to the gym, whether that be, you know, going to the gym lifting weights or going for a bike ride or something like that. I've really tried to take my health a lot more seriously, um, over the last few months. And I think that's helped me mentally. And it's helped mm-hmm. me work a lot more efficiently. So, Uh, usually I'll, you know, get up in the morning. I'll try not to really look at my phone too much. Um, I'll make my, I'll make breakfast, have coffee, um, you know, go to the gym, get a workout in or go for a bike ride or a walk or something like that. And then I'll kind of start my day off and, um, Usually, you know, depending on the day, I will, I'll usually have like meetings or I'll have a shoot I'll have to go to or I'll just, you know, have a, a full edit day, which sometimes I, it's nice to have just a full edit day because I'm just chilling at my computer. And that's just like sometimes I just love doing that and just um, and working on different footage and, and projects and stuff like that. But uh, my day to day kind of it really varies. I mean, as an entrepreneur, I feel like there's there's a lot of change that happens throughout the day and you have to be able to adapt to that change. And I mean, just to give you an example today, I was supposed to, I had meetings today in the, for like the first half of the day. And then the second half I was supposed to, I have, I wanted to go shoot something at our studio space and something came up with the brand and I couldn't do that. And so now I had, I had to move that till tomorrow. So, you know, things, things are constantly changing and constantly moving and um, you just, ha- I have to be able to adapt to that. So, Um, the days are kind of kind of my schedule is kind of all over the place like things change constantly for me but I try and make sure I get myself up early in the morning every day and get that workout in because that's that's important and then uh, that's kind of how I start my day and I try and end it around uh, trying to end it around like eight but it usually doesn't end until like 11 just because I'm I end up like just editing or something like that so
0: yeah, and do you, do you find that, like, working out helps you better? Like, it keep, gives you more clarity with, like, business and stuff like that? Like, that's how I – at least that's how it feels to me. Like, it makes me feel like, okay, I just got something accomplished and now I can go about the rest of the day.
1: Yeah, I think it just, like, kind of gives me like, – just make makes you feel good. And, um, you know, it's just – it's something to, to kind of look forward to and to really just get your mind off things because I, I was so used to playing hockey all the time and now I'm not doing that. Now it's, you know – it's it's nice to just kind of have, um, you know, have something that I that it's almost like an escape in a way, right, from uh-huh. from everything. Um, so I think for me, like it's it's kind of like my escape, and it's a it's a great way to just start my day and um and just do it on like a fresh slate. I mean, I'm sure you could agree with this, especially being a former athlete. Like nothing's better than than getting done with, with, with a with a morning workout and and uh, going about your day.
0: Yeah, I used to, I used to hate having to get up for like when we had 5 a.m.s in college and then like mm-hmm. from like 8 o'clock right after we get done with, uh we get done with like, you know, eating at the dining hall and shit like that. And if I didn't have like an 8.30 or 9 o'clock class, I was just like, damn, I'm like no more like we're, we ain't got nothing to do the rest of the day. Obviously, we got class, but like outside of that, it's just like, damn, the hardest part of the day is already over and it's not even noon yet. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, um, another thing I wanted to ask you kind of tying it back into like what you do and stuff like that, but like, where do you get your, um, inspiration for like your creativity?
1: Um, I think my inspiration, it kind of comes from all, all over the place, really. Like, obviously I get a lot of my inspo, um, from Conway. Conway is like, he's like, just that story alone is just, I get a lot of inspo from that, but I huh. I think I get inspo from like other creators that, that I either like follow on social media or that I've worked with in the past, um, and I try and like. There's certain things that I'll that I'll find either on the internet or from maybe from like a movie or something like that, and I'll just take that and I'll say like, "Oh, that's cool. How? But how can I put my own spin on it?" And and that's and I'll try and figure out a way to kind of like have like my content look or like kind of theme it the same way that I see it, but like put my own spin on that. So again, like I'd say, put my own, I don't even know how, how else I'd want to say it, but, um, just putting my own spin on, on certain things that I, that I get inspo from. And I actually, I get it actually going back to, I get a lot of my inspo from the Nelk boys and full send. They're pro like you ask anybody that knows me, they'll tell you, that's like my, one of my <laughs> favorite brands to, to follow. <laughs> Um, those kids are fucking hilarious. They are. They're they're a great they're a great group. I've been following them for a very long time. Like before. how,
0: How did they like expand? Like, do you at least, to your knowledge? I mean, you would know more than me, but like, how did they? It just seems like they were making prank videos, and then just out of the blue. I mean, obviously, it's not out of the blue, but they just like blew up and like took over.
1: Yeah, I think it was just one of those things like that just happened naturally for them. I think they just stuck to what they like to what their content was, and they just stuck to what they thought was funny. And they listened. They also listened to the people in their comments on their YouTube videos, and that's kind of they just made it happen. I think Ky- both Kyle and, and Jesse, who are like the two like main guys o- over there, I think they um, they've done a very good job of just putting in that work and, and showing that, you know, when you really put all, your all into something like anything's possible and like, they're a prime example. I mean, they, they used to travel around staying at fans houses around the United States, just going to different, different fans houses staying overnight because they couldn't afford a hotel and running these pranks. And it's like, I don't know, to me, like that's inspiring. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's sacrifice right there. Like that's,
0: yeah to to be like hey just like hit a fan up and be like yeah could i crash on your couch because we don't have enough money for like a hotel room now you like you see them in your youtube videos and they're just like ripping pjs like just private jet after private jet, like wherever they go i mean but yeah, now they're like crazy. massive but um is that where you guys are trying to get to or are you guys trying to get like a million followers and like all that stuff with like your content or like what is like not the end goal, but like, what is like the big picture for like you with all the content you create?
1: I I think a big thing for me is just inspiring others to do things that they want to do, and just not giving a fuck about what anybody thinks. Because I for me like it took me a while to really do that, uh, mm-hmm. but I I think like I like I don't I mean do I care about the followers? Yes, but do I care about the number of followers? No what i what i care most about is like if i and i know anybody with the dishon brand would agree um but if we can inspire someone to do something that they're passionate about and go all in on it like at the end of the day like that's what that's what makes us happy and that's that's what we want like we don't like i don't like would a million followers be sick yeah absolutely but um you know, I don't want to I don't want to have to, like, look at numbers and be like, oh, that's what I want. I want all this clout. Like, no, I just I want to like I want to put a good product out there that I I'm confident about and that people are just going to, you know, resonate with or or, um, or I just, you know, or if the content just inspires someone like that's kind of what I what I want to do. And I want to continue to do that.
0: Love that. And, and, you know, follow, following up, um, the last question I have for you, um, cause we've been talking for just over an hour now and I appreciate your time is if you could, I ask everyone this, like if you could, um, go, not go back and I don't know why I say go back in time. I sound like an idiot, but if you could meet your younger self today, like if you could meet, like the oldest you are is 18 years old, but you could be younger, whatever, to, you know, all the highs and lows that you've had in life, the ups and downs, um, what it, What would you tell your younger self about life and what would you tell your younger self um, as a piece of like wisdom or advice to carry with you moving forward in life?
1: Um, that's a good question. I'd have to say, yeah, that is, that's a very good question. That's a, that's a tough question too. Um, let me think about this for a second.
0: No, you're good. Take your time. Um,
1: if I can go back, I'd say... Wow, I hope my AirPod doesn't die. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, we could use that. That could be your answer. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no, um, I think what I would tell myself is to listen listen to others and be open-minded because everybody has a story. Everybody, you can pull inspo from, from anywhere, whether that be the people you love or the people that absolutely you hate or hate you. Um, mm-hmm. so I think just, you know, listen to others and be more open minded to to things because you never know what someone's story is or what their background is. I mean there's been I've been in situations where, you know, I didn't know that someone was do you know, maybe do like doing freelance for X amount of years. Like I thought maybe I was the only one doing that. But I don't know, I, I would say just listen, you know, don't just uh don't just shut down right away. Like listen to what other people have to say and um try and take something from that because you never know. You could learn you can learn something new every day in this world.
0: Mm-hmm. And where can people find you if they want to hit you up on Insta or you know, just um, anywhere on yeah. social?
1: Yeah, at seven one six Nick or on um just in. It's at just dishon. Mm-hmm. And then you guys do what you, you said you
0: have a drop coming soon. Do you guys do like weekly drops, monthly drops, or is it just like whenever you guys
1: have time? It's kind of like whenever, whenever we feel like it at this point. Um, but we, we actually, the hoodies actually just got done. So those will be dropping probably within the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, we didn't get a lot of them. So if you guys see them, I mean, make sure you cop them. Cause We don't restock any of our merchandise. So like once it's gone, it's gone. Um, but yeah, we pretty pumped about these. I mean, they're a little different than what we would normally drop. It's kind of just it's kind of like our way of showing um what we're gonna be getting more into. Like obviously, like I talked earlier on, we're becoming more of a fashion designer than anything. Um, and this piece alone is gonna be a very good representation of what we're uh the movement we are gonna be kind of Getting into here,
0: yeah. If you have, uh, I know I DM'd you, but if you have any more of those backwood justition ones, <laughs> that, I thought that was sick.
1: I think I think I saw one laying around today, actually. So if they're on the site and they're available, definitely grab it because that might be the last one. I'm about to look real quick. What is it? Justition.com.
0: Yep. Justition.com. Let's see what we got here plug the website for anyone listening that wants to some fresh hockey gear well not legit hockey gear but you know apparel um oh we didn't even talk we didn't even talk about it what uh before we end here um oh yeah it says it's sold out but um what the skate skins yes we didn't even touch on that so we'll touch on that like just briefly and then obviously we'll, we'll get you on again in the future once that blows up but like what's the whole concept with skate skins have you guys had any traction with like the nhl or anything like that
1: um yeah the nhl is they they definitely know who we are they know about justition and skate skins um they've we've had multiple nhl teams uh just engage with our content especially on tiktok uh but skate skins is basically a way for uh players to uh customize their ice skates Um, That's a project we've been working on for the last three years now. And we finally launched the business and and products uh, last year. Um, So we customize like we customize ice skates and kind of give that uh, we kind of give the player the creative freedom that they didn't have before. Um, Because you look at, you know, the NBA and the NFL and these guys have custom cleats and stuff like that. But there was really no. There's really none of that in hockey. Like there was no players wearing custom skates, so um, that's what we do with our Skate skins brand. And uh... oh no, I can still hear you. Got me. All right, good. Yeah, I still got that's you. That's perfect. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what the Skate skins brand is. It's basically a way for players to kind of express their uh, their creativity just on their skates, per- pretty much. Um, whether they put their team logo on there with their number or if they want to make it more personalized, like that's cool too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, We've gotten a ton of interest from a lot of players um, and have talked to quite a few of them who are just interested in the product. The only thing is, is that these NHL players and guys who play AHL and in the coast and stuff, they can't wear the product on their skates in games or in practice unless it's approved by the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're in the process right now of getting the product um, reviewed by the league and it's going through testing right now. So we're, we're kind of on hold with that right now. We're just, we're waiting to to hear back from them. Um, mm-hmm. But we do like we've done team sales before. We just did a pretty big order for um, a youth organization out in Vegas. Um, we are going to be doing all of the, um, we're supposed to be doing all like the Buffalo Regals stuff this year too. So um, we, we, did, we designed some skate skins for them. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we offer both, uh, both custom, like you can customize them on the website or you can do a team order. So, um, that's been, that's been a, a brand for me. That's been just very fun to, to get creative with and, and to, and to build and, and to grow. And I think it's going to be something that's going to change the game for, uh, and for the better here in a couple in the next couple of years
0: yeah i mean we can't we can't name drop here but you have you have had um uh a very high profile nfl player hit you up about a pair so like i mean you guys are definitely gonna get traction with it
1: yeah i mean yeah i mean we've we've even i mean the first pair because so are you to so, wait are you talking about the, the jordan skates like the nike ones Ye- Yeah, I didn't want
0: to name drop in case I wasn't supposed to, but Yeah.
1: Um I I can't really talk about that a whole lot, but um it's crazy. No, I just
0: meant from the I I just meant from the aspect of like you guys are getting traction, even though it's not like, you know, you're not you're not in
1: these leagues
0: per se, there's still people that are noticing what you're doing and are like, yo, this is kind of like one of one. I want I want, you know, I want I want something like that for myself, even if I don't play hockey
1: is all I meant. Oh yeah, no for sure. Yes. But I thought you're at first, I thought you were talking about someone else too, but um, yeah, it's crazy. The so, the skate skins brand and then the Jordan skates, like those are two totally different things. Like the Jordan skates were, when we came out with those, those were more or less like our our way to show the hockey community what the like what the sport could look like, or what it mm-hmm. pretty much yeah what it can look like. And um, that's actually not even the first pair of Nike skates that we actually made. We made a pair of Dior's over the summer, and um, we actually gave those to Austin Matthews um, because he expressed a lot of interest in those, so he actually has the first, like, ever Nike skates that we came, like, Nike skate concept that we came up with. Yeah, that's dope. So
0: I know that Dior's popped online, like, a lot of people, like, were just like, yo, what the fuck are these? Because obviously, like, when they did the Air Jordan Dior collabs, they blew up everywhere, too. But, yeah, so... so do you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. I thought I lost you for a second. I'll have to cut that part out. But um, yeah, that's pretty much, you know, I, I appreciate you. That's pretty much all I got for you, honestly. But um, unless there's, I mean, I'll definitely have you on again once uh, we'll get, we'll talk about like skate skins and then like, obviously, as you know, more stuff starts popping up with you. We'll get you on again, talk about that and, and stuff like that. So yeah, no, I greatly appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know how busy you are. Um, so from the time to the couple times we've talked, being at the gym, definitely wanted to get you on here. So I greatly appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Appreciate having me on. And, um, this is fun. We'll have to, we'll have to do it again sometime for sure.
0: Absolutely. So,
1: all right. I appreciate it, bro. I'll
0: catch you. Sounds good. See you.